0: Hallelujah, Amen. hallelujah. You know worship sounds much better live than on Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to point that out well, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on our life. thank you lord for your for your word, and Lord, I just ask that as I share what you've been showing me that that it's led by your Spirit, and that it it changes lives, or at least changes thinking, Father. It's changed mine. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I'm always bad at titles. What kind of title is this? Do your expectations keep you from doing God's instructions? I can't come up with these short little things. And it was longer than that. I changed it a lot because as I was reviewing, I thought, oh, this is a better title. Oh, this is a better title. Then I just went back to the original. But kind of what happens to me is when I am, you know, especially I like to, in a new year, kind of reflect. And the main reason I do it is because I want to remember all the good things God has done for me. God is so, so good. And we need to take time out to reflect on that. That's one thing. And another thing I like to do at the beginning of the year is our pastor always gives us a vision or a mission or something. And in the seven years I've been going to this church, I have reaped what he has said, what God has told him to say to us. And I'm thankful for that. And it's a time of rejoicing. So don't take lightly when our pastor says the Lord has shown him something. He is, in this place, our authority. Doesn't mean we don't have a relationship with God. You know, earlier someone said that God's in control. Well, it's kind of like a king. A king is in control. If we decide to step into the authority that our king, our God, our pastor's walking in, we reap the benefits of that we're given a mind, will, and emotions, we can choose not to do that. So God is in control if you let Him. You know, healing is meant for everyone. But we can stand in the way of receiving healing. doesn't mean God wants us sick. Our leader, our God, our source has provided a way for us and we we can choose to be under that or we can choose to walk away from that. That sounds real simple that way, but but it's it's <laughs> I think it's a little bit tougher than just black and white like that because the enemy mudd- muddies the water, but it is that black and white. So today, I'm going to talk a little bit about healing and kind of go on that subject a little bit. But I was reminiscing about in 2018, my father had a lot of heart issues. Lung issues, and one day he was rushed to the hospital, and he had a t- he, his blood pressure was in the 200s, um, and um, so they're giving him something for that. They get him to a room, they give him oxygen, and all of a sudden he's gasping for air. He's got the mask on, he's holding it, he's you know he's just trying, he's gasping and he's panicking, and I'm the only one in there with him. Praise God. I run over to him. I lay hands on him. I am praying. I'm praying in tongues, you know. And I'm just, and, and as I'm praying in tongues and I'm speaking, you are healed by the name of Jesus. And I'm just speaking to him. I, 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 all of a sudden that was like cutting out of my mouth in between tongues was these two things. You're going to be okay. You need to breathe through your nose, you know. And so he listened to me and he starts breathing through his nose and he gets worse. He's having more trouble breathing through his nose than, than he was before. And so I pray in tongues again, and I start speaking the name of Jesus over him. And once again, what came out of my mouth was, you're going to be okay. You need to breathe through, your, through, your, through your, your nose. And I kept telling him, and he'd go, I'd go, your nose, breathe. And he'd go, you know, and he was just trying and trying. It was, it was a very kind of, I'm glad my mom wasn't in there because she would have been freaking out. And so, by then, the nurses and everybody comes running in, and I'm on the side, and I sat there and I thought just for a moment, why was I telling him to breathe through his nose? And I had my phone right there, so I Googled it. And I just Googled nose breathing. (laughs) And basically, if you breathe through your nose, it creates a resistance that allows your body to inhale more oxygen effectively it can increase the oxygen level in your blood by 10 to 20% I didn't know that the Holy Spirit did so that is why I was telling my father to breathe through his nose even though it seemed to be making him worse and then I thought for a moment wow How many times has the Holy Spirit told me to do something and I stopped because it didn't, it got tougher or it didn't meet my expectations? You know, you know, am I, (laughs) you know, do I stop breathing through my nose because it's easier to breathe through my mouth? And that's a metaphor. But do I, do my expectations... Keep me from hearing God's instructions. And better yet, okay, do my expectations keep me from acting on those instructions? It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to act upon it and do it. Especially if it doesn't right away seem a lot easier. And so tonight (coughs) we're going to look at Naaman. Because Naaman is someone that had... His expectations almost kept him from being healed. And so we'll pick it up in um, 2 Kings, the 5th chapter, and the 1st verse. And it says, Now Naaman, commander of the, the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria, and he was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. So we know that Naaman was a mighty man, he was honorable, and he was a a leper. He had a serious problem. So let's go on to verse 2. It says, uh, and the the Syrians had uh, gone on raids and had brought back a a captive young um, girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife, and then she said to her mistress, If only my master, were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Now, the Bible doesn't say how Naaman got leprosy. I, I searched. You know. I haven't searched, Googled if someone has some kind of you know, weird idea about that. We don't know how he got it, but most likely he didn't have a super severe case of it yet. Because back then, lepers were shipped off, you kept away from them, so he was probably in the beginning stages. But we don't know. We don't know. He may have, but, but praise God, the girl got close enough to see he had a problem, and she knew the solution. And I'm sure, like anything, especially someone, a mighty person, he probably wanted to hide and not let people see that he had leprosy. Because that leprosy was even considered to be a dirty thing, too. You know, they didn't know what caused it, but it was a fearful thing. And we're going to pick it up again in, in verse 4. And it says, And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl, who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed, and he, he took with him ten talents of silver, Six hundred shekels of gold and ten changes of clothing. Now, one thing I think is kind of interesting is this this is a, a a mighty man, but he listened to a girl that tells me he was desperate. This girl introduced hope to him i don 't know why he listened to her, but hope is much better than hopelessness and he he went to his authority and he got permission to go and and one of the things that i have discovered what stands in the way of my healing or stands in the way of me overcoming things is i try you know i don't hide as much as i used to but i used to hide you know i acted like everything was good you know i was this great kid christian strong christian you know Uh, I was doing everything right. Um, I was at church, you know, every time the door opened. I uh, um, went to every Bible study. I was helping people, different things like that. But I knew in my heart of hearts that something wasn't quite right. But I hid it. And as long as you hide things, you don't ask for help. I didn't. And, you know, I've shared with you about my marriage, but one of the things that was hindering me in my, in my walk with the Lord is I was mad. Um, anger can, can turn you away from the Spirit. And you don't even realize it because you, you'll feel justified by your anger. And the, and, I was, and the thing, I hate to always be talking about marriage, but that was one of the biggest things that I was mad about. Here I was, went to church every time the door opened. I tithed. I taught Sunday school. I helped people. You know, I was walking the walk and taught. Well, I was, I was talking the talk more than walking the walk probably. It look, I was doing some works and things like that. So my expectation was, I am so good, I should have a good marriage. And when I didn't... It made me mad. Now, I disguised it. Poor me. It's that husband God gave me. It's that mother-in-law <laughs> that God gave me. And I had a doozy. You know, you know, Joy has met her. I had a doozy. But you know what the biggest problem was? Me. And when I look back at it, no one could have touched me and agitated me to the point to get to some of that junk in me. I was 30 when I got married. Had a good job. You know, I thought I was something, you know? And you know, I was I thought I was a prize. <laughs> but I had some issues that never got dealt with because it never got touched. And And I share that with you to say that what I allowed to happen is I allowed anger to lead me instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't consciously consciously make a decision and say, oh, I'm going to go for anger. Anger spoke my language. Anger wooed me. And it caused me to see things wrong. It fed itself. When you follow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit never leads you to anger. The Holy Spirit never leads you to fear, unless it's a godly fear. The Holy Spirit never leads you to, to selfishness. And it took me too long to, to, to find that out. And I think it's kind of interesting. I don't have it in the Scriptures, but in Luke you know, uh, 4.27, know you know Jesus was talking to the, the 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 Nazareth a crowd in Nazareth and he and he, he was just saying with them that you know there were many people with leprosy in Israel back when during Elijah's time but only one person got cleansed of leprosy you know that that, that can hit home that Wow, you can go to church. I did for 20 years, and I I needed to be cleaned up. I looked good. I looked. I don't know. I think I looked good. You know, looked like who knows what I really looked like, because I was. I had lived a life of pretense, but I never let the word change me. That is still happening today. The same way the Israelites. Some of them didn't let the word change them. And it wasn't because they didn't know, because the slave girl is the one who told Naaman about it. So it it was being taught in their congregation. They knew that they had that that prophet that did all these wonderful things. They had heard the stories, and they weren't distracted with the TV and everything else. You know, they were there hearing the things, and some of them still didn't receive that powerful healing that Elisha walked in. And it's so confusing sometimes when you think about, okay, what does it mean to walk in faith? You know, for years people said, walk in faith. I am. <laughs> I think my faith was in anger, you know. It wasn't, faith wasn't in the right thing. Anger made me feel good. When, I, when the Lord would tell me to do something to help my marriage, my flesh did not like it because it hit anger, pride, whatever. I was justified for what I did. So for years, I, didn't, I heard what the Spirit was telling me to do, and I didn't do it because my situation was different. Well, praise God, we have a Holy Spirit that knows all of our situations. He knows what's going to work for me. And he knows what's going to work for you, and it may not be the same thing. We need the Holy Spirit. We want to depend on man's wisdom. We want to follow a rule. And that's not following a rule. It's faith in a rule. And God wants us to have faith, faith in him. And I want to just talk a little bit about that the word says that faith without works is dead. I did a lot of works. I did a lot. We did, our church was a a works church. I mean, we did things we probably shouldn't have done. You know, we wore ourselves out taking care of other people. We didn't take care of our own families. We were doing works. And the reason I did it is because I was concerned about what people thought. And it took me a long time to stand up and say, no, no. I'm going to put my family first. No, I'm not going to do this. Um, my motives were wrong in that situation. And it wasn't done in faith. It was done to be seen. And, but the proper way of works is mentioned in James 2, in the 14th verse. And it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, you know there are people you know can faith save him? No, I mean for you know when you first get born again, you know you, faith is is going to open the door to your salvation, but there are so many people that just say flowery things, but they 're not uh, willing to get a little bit uncomfortable, not willing to be led by the Lord, not willing to uh, Put themselves out there, but they're willing. Well, they, they'll say something on Facebook. Write these glorious things, you know, uh, about how great God is, and God is great, and that is true, you know. But but it's good to love your family. It's good to love your kids. It's good to love your neighbors. It's good to love other people in your church. And I'm not. I don't want to come against anyone that's writing things on Facebook. I I'd rather he- hear about the Lord on Facebook than some of the other stuff. But it's more than just typing something down. It's more than just reading the Word. You know, there was a time when I was reading the Word, and I needed it. It was a very selfish time for me, because I needed it, you know. But there came a time when I had to take what I was learning and share it. But it it was important to spend that time alone with the Lord, but not forever. You know, Paul spent some time alone with the Lord before he went out. But he went out. And as he went out, he learned more. And one of the things that, you know, a problem I had, I had some wrong thinking. And when I first started teaching, I had to go back and, as God corrected me, I had to go back and, and, and let people know, I don't believe that garbage anymore. I was wrong. That is not fun to do. Especially if people came up to you and said how much they loved what you had to say then you're going to go back and say, well, <laughs> that wasn't good. That wasn't God. That was just my flesh. You know, so we, we got to be careful, but be willing to change. We should be. If you think about it, that's not a bad thing to say, hey, wait a second. I've learned something more. Praise God. God corrected me, and now I know the truth, and you know what? I'm no longer defeated by that stinking thinking. And I don't want you to be affected by that sinking thinking either. We need to have enough love for our brothers and sisters to go to them when we've got things wrong. I had to go to my kids and say, I got things wrong. But, you know, God, God used that. I'm not, there's, there's more there about, about walking in faith. But there's one, thing, one more verse I want to read there, and that is in 15 it says... Um, or, yeah, 15. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body, what does it profit? If someone in the church comes to you, all wackadoo in their thinking, it happens and you just try to get away from them, be warm, be filled, that's the same thing. You're going to let somebody... Now, don't get me wrong, there are people that like to swim in anger, or whatever it might be, um, and we have to be careful about um, what they're doing, but what, what we really need to do is, we need to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Say, God... Do I need to say something? God, is there a word that I need? Because I can tell you something. I've done this. I've said things to people. There were godly things that were scriptural, but they weren't ready to hear it. And, um, but God knows the condition of their heart. God knows what they can hear. And God knows that they can, maybe they can't hear this because they got some basics under here. And so we need the Holy Spirit to guide us in our relationships. But we, and we have to be careful of not wanting to waste time. We don't want to waste time with people. Why, why is that? Is that just me? I, I don't think so. I hope it's not. Maybe it is, Well, I hope, I hope it is just me. But, um, so people can be in a good church with good word and not change. Someone else can be in the exact same church And change all over the place. Now, I want to point out, we're not the ones to sit back and figure out who's changed and who has not changed. Because we may not see all that is to be seen. I know with me, when I started to change, I remember I said to the Lord, I said, wow, God, I'm getting worse I'm getting worse in my emotions. I'm getting worse. I, I, was, I was crying. I was just, you know, I, I had to pull myself together before Ruth got home from school. It was bad. And I just said, God, this is, is this really worth it? He, he took me back through things in my life that I had gone through in church and things like that. And it was more painful the second time than the first time. And the reason it was more painful the, the, fir- the second time is the first time I pretended like nothing was wrong. The first time I did not deal with the issue. When I started dealing with the issues, that's when God started healing me. We all have different issues we need to deal with. We we wear a flesh suit. And, And I can tell you right now, if you don't deal with your issues... If it's in a marriage, if, it's, if you're, if you're in, in, in high school, junior high, if you don't deal with things, or if you try to pretend that these things don't matter. Now, how can I give an example? I want to give an example without uncovering something, but, but they, may not, they may not matter. There are some things that really doesn't matter. Does it really matter if the toilet paper is rolled from one way or the other way? Yes, there is a proper way. There is a proper way. But (laughs) But, But something as simple as that, we can have major discussions in households about that. I mean, it's stupid. And maybe, maybe we got to deal with the problem. Okay, maybe the issue isn't the toilet paper. The issue is control. But if you don't deal with the stupid toilet paper, then you're going to have that control issue and it's going to go over into other things. It's funny, my daughter is, is recently married you know, and I'm always telling her, don't make the mistakes I made, (laughs) don't make the mistakes I made, you know, you know, she looks at it, and she thinks I was a pretty good mom and and wife, and I was, (laughs) but she didn't, because I was good at pretending, you know, but she didn't know the turmoil that I had about some stupid issues, you know, man, back then, if, if you didn't go to church, you know, I, I, share, I shared a story one day that, uh, here I'm getting off subject here, how much time I got, but one day I've hurt my, I shared this with you guys, I hurt my ankle really bad, and the only reason why I went up to get prayed for wasn't because I was expecting to be healed. I didn't want the church to talk bad about me for not going up for prayer. That was my motivation. Okay, is that a good motivation? No, it's not. But you know what happened? I did the whole thing, and they did the oil and all that kind of thing. You know, okay, you know. I turned around, and the Holy Spirit said to me, walk on your ankle. That's where faith. My faith wasn't in the oil. So they had no faith in that. My faith wasn't in the people that prayed for me. I didn't have faith in that. But when the Holy Spirit told me what to do, I did it, and I was instantly healed. So we get hung up on, like, you know, think about it. I'm going to paraphrase some things of time. But Naaman, you know, he he goes just to see the the king. And, you know, the king tears his clothes because he doesn't know why Naaman's there, you know. Because the the king of Israel, he knows that Naaman was a mighty warrior. And he's thinking that this warrior has come in to trick me. Or to cause a fight, or do something, so he didn't want to help him. But the prophet Elisha said, "No, send him send him my way." So King, why are you tearing your clothes? Why are you doing that? Send him my way; he'll be healed. And so Naaman get, goes to the prophet's house with his chariot, his gold, and all of his stuff, his ten changes of clothes. And the prophet doesn't even doesn't let him in the door. He doesn't even talk to him. The prophet sent his servant to tell Naaman to go dip in some water. And Naaman, he was offended. And he even goes on to say, and that's something that's worth worth reading. I'll I'll go to that. Um, Let's see here. Skipping, Skipping some stuff here. Okay, that's in, starting with the ninth verse. It says, Then Naaman went with his horses, his chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was furious. He went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, I'll surely go to, uh, He'll surely come out to me. And stand and call and wave his, <laughs> called on, on, his, on his Lord God. He'll wave his hand o- over the place and, and heal the leprosy. You know, are not the, the Abanyan and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Israel? Could not I wash and be clean? So he turned and went away in anger or in rage. And I want to point out something. See, he had a certain expectation. And think about this. He did a lot of things before he got there. And you think, what? you know, he, he, uh, he had a plan. <laughs> you know, he, he went and got his master's permission. He gathered up his silver and his gold. That's a lot of silver and gold. Um, he took ten changes of clothes as he packed for this long journey. And, and he was expecting, okay, I've done my part and now this guy's going to wave his hand over me and I'm going to be healed. And when that didn't happen, you know, he, he stormed off. How many times have I, maybe I don't storm off, I just shut down. Because I, my prayer didn't get answered the way I wanted it to. I didn't get healed on the first time. I crossed my eyes and dot this and I did all this kind of stuff. You know, he went 90 miles, which uh, for back then was really a long, a long distance to go. He put forth all of that effort and he was going to throw it away. Why? Because of pride and anger. Man, I've done that. The Lord was telling me what I had to do to fix my marriage, but pride and anger kept me from doing it. Selfishness kept me from doing it. I want those of you here ask the Lord to reveal to you if you've done that. You know, we get excited about God' promises, but but still today, if it's not doesn't meet our expectations. We're going to give up. And sometimes it's the journey that does the healing. Sometimes, because like, why is it? When you read the Bible, people were heal, healed in so many different ways. They were healed in so many different ways because the Holy Spirit knew what the problem was. I don't know. Was Naaman's problem? Was it pride? Was it anger? I know that stood in my way a lot of times. Not just healing with marriage, healing with sickness, prosperity. those things It, it, it can stand in the way because if you're being led by the flesh, you're not being led by the Spirit. And I have spent way too much of my life being led by my flesh. And your flesh isn't going to, to lead you in the right direction. It's just going to lead you to flesh. And you say, well, wh- well, why am I talking about this? I don't know. Because God's talking to me about it. Um, you know, God wants us healed. God wants us to be walking in everything that he provided for us. Jesus paid a tremendous price for that. And people, me, I think some of you out there, we come up with plans And we get distracted when things, as I said, don't happen fast enough, whatever it might be. You know, our pastor on Sunday, he was talking to us about the vision for the church. It's a big vision. And if you look at the natural, that seems pretty impossible. I don't think the pastor just made that up. But if you look at all the prophets in the Bible, God gave them these huge visions, you know. I mean, the stars in the sky. <laughs> How long did it take for that to happen? For Abraham to, 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 to have children. But a lot happened to Abraham in his walk, if you think about it. And what I'm so thankful about God is he is the faithful one. We can make a mistake and get mad like Naaman. Well, you know what? We just have to repent from that thinking. Naaman went back, he did what the prophet told him to do, and he was healed. So if you have something in your life that maybe it didn't work out the way that it was supposed to, God put a vision on your heart, I can tell you right now, anyone that, that needs a healing, God has provided that. So start asking God to show you what's standing in the way. Now, we know it's the enemy, it's our flesh, but he can reveal to you. And, and, and he, can, you know, he can tell you specifically what you need to do. And you might say, well, hey, Lord, I need, I need my vision changed. And he's telling you to do this. You go, hey, Lord, that has nothing to do with my vision. <laughs> Have you ever done that to God? <laughs> Wait a second, God. I'm not praying about that. I'm praying about this. Well, God knows what's going to get you to the place where... To deal. He, God might be dealing with that. We deal with symptoms. God deals with the heart of the issue. Our symptoms can be so big in our face that we don't see the heart of the issue. And it's not about wasting a lot of time saying, Oh, God, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? You know, God doesn't want us to feel condemned. But start asking the Lord. Open my heart. Show me, Lord lead me where you want to lead me show me where i'm where i'm in my way show me what things in my life are hindering my thinking show me what scriptures i should read you may need to just pray in tongues a whole whole lot i know that sometimes that i'll never forget uh, when joy's husband was in the hospital and I didn't know much, but the Holy Spirit did tell me this. Um, Someone was saying, "Well, I'm not surprised he died because his his he 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 ate really bad or something." I I don't know. I don't know if he ate bad or not. And and something in me just it was just rose up in me and said, "Wait a second, he didn't deserve to die. He didn't deserve to die." God doesn't sit there and kill you because you're eating ding-dongs or whatever it is that you're eating. Now, I think you you should eat healthy because you'll feel better and all those kind of things. But Jesus died on the cross for every illness, every disease, every wound. He didn't say everything except (laughs) this. He didn't say you've got to do this, 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 and this and you'll be healed. He didn't say, "Oops, oh, if you make a mistake, too bad. Mercy, mercy, mercy. That's what He did. Grace, grace, grace. He gave us the authority to use His name. He gave us the Holy Spirit because He knew that we needed to change our thinking. He gave us the gifts that we needed For this present day. And I'm going to skip forward a little bit because we're in some pretty crazy times right now. Think about it. COVID. Did anybody think that that we were going to have a year like 2020? I mean, that's something some other country does, that kind of stuff. You know, did we think that we'd have the things happening in politics? No, I didn't think that. But I do know that God gave us the gifts and the power to stand in this day. And in, in, we're going to skip further because of time. But in Galatians five twenty two and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such, there is no law. So the Word tells us that we can, during the pandemic, during the riots, during all the stupid things that are happening out there, that we can have love, we can have joy, we can have peace during this time. And the Holy Spirit gives us the long-suffering and the goodness and the faithfulness and the self-control. So we can not just survive this time we can thrive it it bothers me when people just give they give the pandemic so much glory they give the what's happening in politics so much glory no no during these times i was given the fruit of the Holy Spirit. During this time, I'm going to love. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have peace. You know, you can have peace in a, in, a, in a difficult time. See, the problem with us is when God tells us to do something, if we're not smacked with peace along the way, then, oh, it's not God. There's a difference in um, my, When I say peace, there's a difference in being happy about your situation and walking in the peace of God. Because true peace isn't disturbed by your situation. When You could be, I could have been in that marriage. I'm so, well, I, you know, I could have been there and not been so angry. See, I had the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was praying in tongues. But I didn't grasp the fact that I had the long-suffering. And and my husband, he he long-suffered with me. I don't want to say that that didn't happen. We both, you know, we both had things we had to overcome. But just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Just because you can't see the end, the finish line, doesn't mean there's not one. And just because, any of y'all ever, you know, um, I I remember when I uh, lived in Colorado, we we used to, uh, we we loved to jog up the mountains, the hills, then we'd run down. It was great. Take you two hours to go up, about 30 minutes to come down. It was wonderful. It was great. And I remember when you got to a certain point, you knew you were getting close to the end. You know, but it was always tough when you picked a new route because you didn't know where that spot was. But there is a spot where it's going to get easier. There comes a time when you're going to have some some downhill. God's not so cruel that he's just going to make you wear you out because there is a time to rest. He knows our bodies need rest. You know, sometimes we get so busy doing the work that we wear ourselves out. And the Lord might be telling us, just rest. <laughs> it's okay to rest. Now, some people have a problem with resting. They may not... Need, you know, that's the thing is, we don't know the condition of people's hearts. So one person might be told, you need to lay down and rest. Another one's being told to get up. The person that's laying down would love to hear, <laughs> just you know, just keep, keep, keep laying down. You got to be careful what your flesh will tell you. The Spirit will always lead you in the right direction. So if, if you're in a situation, ask the Holy Spirit and, and, and realize, I've shared the story before, y'all know this too, probably, but you know when they shot the first spaceship to, to, to the moon, it, it wasn't a straight shot. They first had to shoot it up, and there was multiple course corrections on the way to the moon. So sometimes we need to act and realize, okay, I got to, God told me I need to get moving. I need to get moving, but be okay if you moved in the wrong direction and he's correcting you. One of the hardest things to do is, is say, well, God told me this. You tell your friends, God told me this. And then when God corrects you, how many of you go back and tell your friends, oh, (laughs) that wasn't God, That wasn't God. I tell you what, there's freedom in saying that. Because if it's your plan, you need to get rid of it. But realize, even if you come up with a plan and you get mad at God, He will forgive you of that. It doesn't mean He doesn't want to heal you. If you get it wrong, don't stay in whatever's distracting you. Come back. He's always there to help us through Everything that we're going through, and remember, this is a time to thrive. And I want to just close with with this because um, we don't have to worry as much as we worry. Well, we shouldn't worry at all. <laughs> you know, sometimes. There's a reality of things, you know, we, we, but um, we worry about the wrong things or we think, we think on the wrong things. You know, a lot of Christians are very... Uh, yes, we should go vote. We should. We should make our voices heard. Uh, but even if things topple, our faith isn't in our government. Our faith isn't in our circumstances. Our faith is in God. And sometimes it might just be a matter of getting up and getting out there and just walking it out until God tells you something else to do. And I want to encourage people that in this day and age, because I hear so many people, I've got a lot of friends from Bible college that are very, very conservative. I'm conservative. You know, but to hear some of them, they're walking around like the sky is falling. My sky is not falling. I may not like what I see, so you know what? Don't look at it. You know, I, I've had to in the past couple of weeks, I just had to not look at things. Not because I can't handle it. Maybe, maybe, well, take it back. Maybe I can't handle it. That might be why the Holy Spirit is telling you don't look, you know. Because what you end up doing, you end up getting yourself fired up. This ain't right. This ain't right. This ain't right. Well, you know what? My faith is not on them. And if I put my faith on them, that, that's shifting sand. I've got to put my faith on the rock. And so I want to encourage everyone here um, as we close. Uh, remember the scripture in Jeremiah 30, starting with the 16th verse. It says, Therefore, all those who devour you shall be devoured. All and all of your adversaries, every one of them, shall, be, shall go into captivity. Those who plunder you shall be plundered. And all who prey upon you, I will make a prey. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. So I want to talk about the, so whatever has plundered your health, God is going to restore it. If you've made mistakes with your health, God will restore it. The Holy Spirit will lead you into your healing. Everyone has a different walk. But just know this, the Word says, For I will restore health to you. So if right now you're not feeling healthy, stand on the fact that God said He is going to restore His health to you. He is going to heal your wounds. Wounds that, are <laughs> that the doctors cause, wounds that you've caused, wounds that were caused by accident. It doesn't have qualifiers in there. And when you read the word every time, he says, I healed all of your diseases. I healed all of your sicknesses. So nothing is disqualified from the healing that's provided for us. So thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have filled us with the Holy Spirit, that you've given us that same power and authority that the prophet had. You've given to us the same power and authority that Jesus had. You have given to us through the Holy Spirit. And right now, Lord, we expect things to be different. We expect to walk in your peace, your joy, your love, your long-suffering. And I thank you, Lord, for all that's being here tonight and listening, Father, that you're speaking life to their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.